So there's an art to asking questions that allows people to safely explore their identity, their skills, their progress, and to be able to to pitch questions at the right level. Yeah, you know, it's your boy. Listen, I started out on the pavement Bet you thought I would've made it Wondering why you ain't did it? Cause you only work in that day shit Yeah, success is contagious We winners on regular basis A lot of y'all getting mad, huh? Like how we do it from the basement I ain't been getting no sleep uh, Lately I'm playing for keeps uh, Lately I'm out on these streets Been talking to and welcome back to another episode of the Potent Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all people, motivating all of you listeners to go that one step further in your lives. I'm your host, Takura, and today I am joined by a fantastic guest. She is an educator in her own right on a mission to help people like me and you, all of you listening and watching, unlock their potential and really live impactful lives. She's worked with uh, corporate managers, charities, refugee groups, and many other institutions, building on their teamwork, helping them improve their leadership and well-being. I'd like to introduce you all to Gemma. I'm so excited for her to come onto the podcast today and share everything about her business and what and her and her story. I'm really excited to have you. Gemma, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me and for that really warm welcome. You're welcome indeed. Yeah, I, I try to make sure that we start off on a high note and make sure we finish on a high note as well. So I think it's, you it's, might it's, have captured my intro better than I would do. Ah, no. <laughs> well, it's it's a learning curve. I guess we that's the whole essence of it. Like we're going to learn from each other today and we're going to take, um, you know, bits and pieces from each other and apply that in what we're what we work on going forward with this podcasting or it's the, you know, the courses you do, or anything else, really. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. Absolutely. So, you know, we'll, we'll do a bit of an icebreaker and to, to kick us off, you know, uh, can you tell our listeners, you know, a bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're currently doing, and what you get up to in your free time? So, uh, my name is Gemma. I'm based in Sheffield in the UK, which is right in the middle of the country, as far away as the, from the sea as you could possibly be. Um, I started my kind of career and passion wanting to be a teacher from being about eight years old. That's what I was determined to be. And along the way, I accidentally got involved in youth work and participated in a leadership program when I was a teenager, which gave me so many personal development skills that I didn't even know were missing. But once I started to learn them, it really helped me to understand myself and, and to reach my goals. And so over time, that became a, a voluntary role that then grew into a real passion. And now I get the pleasure of doing the thing I've always loved as a hobby, as a business. And I've been working now for the last seven years, delivering all sorts of soft skills training in what I call self-leadership, which is all about helping people to understand themselves better live their lives effectively, reach their goals, manage their well-being, and all of the kind of things that actually you don't get to do in school. So I, I was a teacher for a year and a half, not very long, but 
realised actually the things that I'm teaching people in the formal classroom are not the things that I think are the most important. And so I, I took the plunge and, and gave up a very steady career to, to go down an entrepreneurial route. So that's what I'm doing now. And it's really nice and varied. I get to work with international audiences. I get to work with different age groups and see people grow and, and meet people like yourself and, and share ideas and best practice, which is what what I love most about kind of the lifestyle I have and the things that I do. It's those moments of transformation. Absolutely. Wow. And yes, that is a very solid intro as well. You know, I think you've upped me there. You know, you've gone one above me in terms of level there, in terms of delivery. And, you know, I, I, I like I like how obviously you, you've, you, your story has shaped out and how you obviously you started down the teaching route and then you thought, hang on a second. I love the I love impacting and working with people directly a lot more. And then obviously went down that route, uh, the entrepreneurial route, which. I know it has its ups and its downs, but you know, with with somebody sure. of of a character and mindset like you, I'm pretty sure it's it's one of those where you know you always power through, and I'm really happy to hear that. And for the listeners' benefit as well, and the the people watching this on YouTube, uh, can you please tell us where we can find your business, or if if anyone is interested ah. in getting in touch with you? So um, my business is called the Self Leadership Initiative which is a very long name. So the website is the sli.co.uk. You can also find me on LinkedIn by searching for Gemma Perkins, or if you want to find me on Instagram at selfleadership1. And even though it's a, a very long name, I really was passionate about calling it the Self-Leadership Initiative because initiative is about starting a movement, you know, taking mm-hmm. action. And lots of people talk about leadership in the sense of management, bossing people around, running a company, getting into politics. And I wanted to do something different. And I think really a lot of what makes a leader effective is starting from the self and working outwards. So that's the context of why my company has a very long name. I think the (laughs) Self-Leadership Initiative captures this idea that I'm wanting to help people discover their self-leader, their inner leader. Um, and th- and that's what the empowerment is is all about. Awesome, that's that's amazing, and it's 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 making a difference and doing things differently, as you said. You know, uh, I think it. I think that's the thing. Like, I th- I think in 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 a lot of things that we look at, we tend to have one kind of translation for things. Whereas, like you've decided to um, re. Would you say revolutionize or ev- evolutionize or revolutionize like how people view leadership um, and how it? I don't can know be that applied. I can take credit because the, <laughs> the term self leadership was around before, um, but yeah. certainly I want to evolve that conversation. Um, yeah, okay. I think evolve is is a good word that you you picked out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is it teamwork already working together, <laughs> helping each other there? <laughs> so you know that 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 that's that's brilliant, and I think you know it's it it it's it's fantastic that you're doing um this and and you're, you're helping people discover ways of attacking challenges or uh, resolving conflicts within teams uh, that haven't been done before. Like I think 
uh, one thing I noticed from 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 your content because obviously I, I checked out I checked out her content, guys. You, you need to go and check it out. If, if if you're watching this or listening, you need to go and check it out. It is it's really really eye opening and it's really really helpful. But you've got practical ways of addressing certain issues, and I think it's having that it's it's helpful because. I think a lot of people go through those scenarios in the workplace or at home or wherever they are in, in group in group gatherings. They have moments where things like that happen and they don't know how to navigate themselves. So people stick to what they know, like they react how they would normally react instead of assessing the situation. Um, reading the room, is my reaction going to be appropriate, inappropriate? You know, the whole thing. Mm. So it's it's important i think and 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 something that your your business obviously brings to light is obviously how people can approach those um scenarios differently yeah and i think the how is a passion of mine because when i when i trained to be a teacher i focused on the primary years so from ages 6 to 10 which is an age group where you can't or or you shouldn't sit them down and just talk at them we learn through yeah. doing. And as we grow into our teens and adulthood, there's less learning through doing and more just read a book, listen to a lecture, and now you know how to do this thing. But actually, when it comes to resolving conflict or setting your goals, um, delivering a presentation, you yes, you can read books, you can listen to a podcast for inspiration, but you're only going to get good at it by the practice. And so when I'm working with people to deliver training programs, I avoid PowerPoint where I can. Uh, you know, on Online, the slides can be helpful, but actually it's about having that discussion time, the practice time and saying to people, let's work through a conflict scenario. You know, let, let's simulate a, a disagreement and work out what is your natural pattern. How do you normally respond to this? And let's build in self-reflection to build awareness. So with all of the training that I do, I, I very much focus on that, that practical element where people get to do maybe like a baseline, they work out, they go into a situation blind and suddenly realize, oh, this is the current level of my listening skills. I didn't realize that I was you know, glossing over what somebody else was saying or that I was getting irritated and therefore responding sharply to somebody. By giving people that feedback, they've got a starting point. Then you can do the theory, but then you practice it through continued activities, simulations, discussions. And when you make it real for people, it becomes relevant. It, they can see it helping them in their lives in that moment. And so they're motivated to keep going with it and to progress in their learning. If, if learning is only a theoretical task, you don't engage with it in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's very true. And it, in, in what you said, the, the word initiative uh, popped into my head because you have to get started and people need to realize where they are first before they can um, plan a way forward and mm. it, it, it's really really like eye-opening as well like having simulations on, on how things can happen in different outcomes like it, it's 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 not I don't think that 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 happens like in in theory like you said because it helps people engage and people are there and they're attentively listening 
Whereas if you're if you're watching a p a PowerPoint and it's not really engaging, you're not really seeing anyone, you're not getting reactions. Whereas like you're actually mm-hmm. getting reactions, you're getting people's, um, you're seeing people's behaviors. I'm pretty sure you've heard of the Johari window. Yes. Is it Jabari or Johari window? So so Johari people get window. to see, <laughs> so so people get to see their Johari window in real time. In, in 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 person as well it's not like somebody wrote down oh this is what you do what they they can actually witness it for themselves um mm-hmm. and i think your sessions help people build up their self awareness because like you mentioned uh some people do not um realize they they behaving or they acting in a certain way until it's pointed out to them and they can only know that once it is pointed out to them whereas if if the people who are continuously going for your sessions they'll know oh wait Gemma's going to catch me out here cuz <laughs> I'm doing that thing again <laughs> and actually I did I did some workshops with some young people and I can't remember exactly what this young person said I can't remember if they said I was devious or a villain or they, they, along the lines of evil mastermind because I'd set really, really tough problem-solving situations and they were frustrated that they couldn't solve it, but they recognised that that was important because if it had been easy, there would have been no conflict, there would have been no stress to cope with, they wouldn't have been able to see how they you know, react in those conditions. And so every time I came along and said, right, we're going to do an activity, they were going, oh, no, what <laughs> what fiendish thing have you got for us now? This is this is hard work. And it's like, good, learning should be hard work. And just to Absolutely. say as well, where you said about self-awareness, that, that's just reminded me, one of the – one of my kind of bugbears with traditional leadership education is – People want to jump straight into how do I manage people, get productive teams, you know, manage resources, set up systems. And they're thinking about the the big stuff, which is fine. But when you look at um, Daniel Goleman is one of um, the authors of Emotional Intelligence in Leadership, and he talks about emotional intelligence being a key skill for all leaders. And there's four layers to it. You have self-awareness, which is knowing what's going on within you. Then you have self-management. So if you're aware of what you can and can't do, how you react to things, how you're feeling, once you know that, you can then start regulating and saying, okay, if I'm this is my stress response, what am I going to do about it? So the first two steps are all about self. Then you move into social awareness, what's going on with other people. And then you go on to managing relationships, conflict resolution, team building. And and so traditional leadership skips to phase four without making sure steps one to three are covered. So a lot of people find it unusual when they come to me and I talk to them about things like journaling and coaching and reflective practice and we do a game and then we have a debrief and it's all very much about them evaluating the self and they're they're kind of thinking hold on when do I get to boss other people around (laughs) no 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 like self-awareness first because then you're going to be so much better equipped to go into that leadership position And, and that's really the angle that I'm working at and I'm really glad to hear more and more people are recognizing the importance of that 
but there's still we still need a lot more voices talking about doing it that way absolutely absolutely you're right i think a lot of people want to jump from one 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 step and they want to go to the top of the staircase instantly and they don't know it's a process that you have to go through step by step uh, and i think when you mentioned at the beginning that you've worked with young people and they think that you know they say that you're devious and you you put, give them put them in hard situations i think what they don't realize and the value you're adding to them is you're giving them the opportunity to work through difficult situations at a young age mm-hmm. uh, versus when they're a lot older so by the time they get older when they're faced with similar situations they'll be like oh yeah Gemma taught me how to approach the situation in a in a, in a, in, a, in a strategic uh conscientious in a thorough way right looking at every single aspect in the way you've obviously demonstrated and, and and trained people in versus if it was somebody who's a grown adult like ourselves mm. and they're facing these kind of challenges for the first time and throughout their life they haven't faced any sort of issues or, or challenges it, it becomes um a bit of a steep mountain to climb um and i think that's when a lot of people tend to pull the plug i say on a lot of the things that they want to to work on <laughs> instead of like pushing through or uh seeking mentorship or because i think a lot of people are what's the word they are afraid of obviously putting themselves in that position that okay i'm struggling with this i need help uh, mm. they'd rather say oh you know what? i've got too much pride let me just pull out with with my dignity intact and then you know just walk away instead of just okay this is my situation let me see how i can address it is there anyone i need to talk to is there any research i need to do do i need to find sli do you know all of those things so i think a lot of people uh, i think what you're doing obviously it's, it's very very valuable and it's 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 extremely valuable to the younger generation as well thank you and yeah there's a definite difference in attitude because a young person has some sense that i don't know everything i'm still learning about the world and there's an element of open mindedness that comes with that with mm-hmm. adults as you say there might be an element of pride but they can also be taking things for granted so i am always fascinated when i do coaching and active listening and conflict resolution sessions with adults because th- one of the key skills there is is good listening and so if i walk into a room full of, full of adults and say right we're going to do listening skills they kind of what well, we're grown adults we know how to listen and and you get resistance so i've stopped having that battle what i do is i i get them to play a game or do a scenario that's a little bit tense, a little bit devious, and then they end up not listening to each other. And then we can say, oh, so how are your listening skills? And they go, oh, not that great. Okay, we're ready to learn <laughs> from you now. So so with adults, I have to have a different approach. Young people, they're more up for learning in theory because they know they've got gaps. But also, they, what if they learn it early they've got so many years to use it well and that's exactly why i got into doing what i was doing because i i learned about all of this stuff when i was 16 and i'm i'm 31 now and i've just had such a head start in life for for having these skills for reading some of the you know the business books stephen covey victor frankel simon sinek all the business leaders that 
I'm sure listeners who are interested in this industry, you know, know those names and would get into in their adulthood. Mm-hmm. To get that at a young age just changes your mindset and and helps you take measured risks, go for goals, and and recover from setbacks in a in a completely different way. Absolutely, absolutely, you're right. We have to build towards the future and giving the youngsters um, any sort of tools that they can, you know, to, to help themselves. It 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 bolsters our chances of improving and growing as as a society. You know, continues to continuously uh, evolve, and you know, introduction of all these new things, the t- technology, and how people think, and all that stuff. But yeah, that that's very very important. So. You know, without without further ado, we'll, we'll move on to the next question now. <laughs> and you know, this one I think it it it'll, it'll get it'll get the listeners a bit more fascinated and intrigued about you personally, Gemma. But can you tell the listeners uh, what your passions are and what you love most about them? Um, I I consider myself to be quite a creative person so obviously I've already talked a little bit about work passions very much passionate about education I love working with young people in work but outside of work I have friends with young children and I absolutely love rolling around on the carpet building forts and towers and getting messy with art stuff I think there's something Mm -hmm. very liberating about being around children because they have a you know, no filter in the way they see the world. There's a sense of curiosity and wonder, which is brilliant. I I like arts and crafts projects. So I, in my spare time, I dabble with things like cross-stitching, glass painting. I've done tie-dye, T-shirt painting. And I, I try all sorts of different creative expression things. Um, I'm quite passionate about cooking. So me and my Ooh, partner... Yeah go through a bit of a, a world menu at the moment we're having a caribbean phase and an indian phase but we really like trying to go to our local market and buy authentic ingredients and say right we've never used plantain before how can we how can we make a meal with that and so it's it's quite nice for giving us a sense of connecting to global citizenship and we live in a busy city where we've got access to those things so we really want to make the most of it um and i guess another passion of mine is board games i'm just such a big fan of any form of play so i love that i I, when i say board games as well some listeners i'm sure will jump to monopoly and (laughs) like no no monopoly let's not get into that one i like board games where you have to explain negotiate tell stories or there's some skill involved not where the family just get cross at each other and he promotes capitalism so we'll sweep that one under the rug <laughs> yeah absolutely i think i think uh monopoly it's um it, it's a fascinating game and it can it can end um it, it can start wars within families and a feuds that can last years especially when whenever you you only have like gatherings where you meet like once a year and people will and leave everybody's traumatized yeah it, it ever leaves like a bit like oh i'll get you next year get you next year but i think i i, I love how you've mentioned all those passions i think working with young people like you said they have uh they have no filter, you know, they live their lives, they express themselves how they please, how they feel like it. 
and you really get a sense of when you when you work well with children you know you when you have that nurturing ability and you're able to build relationships it helps um you know I, and you und- understand yourself as a person as well and see where, like, where you can grow um i think i also like the fact that you have you and your partner are outgoing you're trying uh, various um you know dishes you're cooking different dishes but you you think is you're learning and you're expanding and you're diversifying yourself more and more and more uh, you know whereas a lot of people tend to like stick to obviously and and, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with people obviously sticking to what they know but there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh, what's the word would you say uh bravery and there's a lot of growth that happens when you say okay I'm going to go out on my comfort zone today I'm actually mm. going to attempt to prepare you know like you said a caribbean dish or an indian dish or something from from the oceanas like from from singapore or from or from thailand or from indonesia something traditional and something that could helps you connect with, with the culture there it it you learn more about if if you don't make it perfectly the first time you're like, okay now i know what to do how to prepare it next time so that in the event that you have make friends excuse me if you make friends with people from from indonesia or for people from the caribbean or people from wherever you know you could say well a good icebreaker is oh i've i've made this dish from 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 your from from your from your from your, from your country uh i i'm happy to 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 try it uh, or to to make it again for you for you to try something like that and people i think out of just fascination that you know you've mentioned a dish that they know about they love probably love the dish they want to see how you make it and then you know they they eat it with you and it it gives them a sense of reconnecting with home if they are abroad and all that stuff so <laughs> that's really really powerful and obviously board games yeah board games are good and uh like you said cross stitching and i think there's a group in the uk uh based in the northeast uh, it's run by a good friend of mine called uh, Jenny Crawford it's called wellbeing plus so they do a lot of those things like uh, cross stitching um they make uh, i forgot what it's called you know when you make art with books um oh, you the fold the edges yeah book folding um yeah. and then they make it into like patterns like um birds and uh, type or, or or like printing out somebody's name like in in with using books that kind of stuff mm. as well like but it's a case of like bringing people together um eliminating self like 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 social isolation helping people who have little social contact you know get social like build friendships with people actually interact have something to do and not just yeah. uh, sit at home and wonder so it's it's really really inspiring that obviously you're doing all of those things as well well thank you you're welcome and you know with that i think it 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 it, it brings us perfectly into the next question and this question is obviously about your inspirations so can you tell the listeners uh, about your inspirations and how they've um made or or or, or, or left in a positive impact on yourself hmm. so whenever i'm asked about my inspiration like i i always come to the same person and and the same kind of key moment really so as i yeah. mentioned briefly earlier i went to a, a leadership program when i was quite young mm-hmm. and the the gentleman running that program was um 
it, he's called Krish Raval. And he's really my, my mentor in life and an inspirational figure. He was running these, these programs, which obviously gave me a lot of skills at the time, which was mm-hmm. the start of, of that inspiration. But he had a real attitude of abundance and community spirit. And so when we'd done our program of leadership training, there might have been 30 of us. And he said, okay, anybody who's enjoyed this, found it interesting, you can come back and volunteer to mentor others and we will teach you how. So I thought, great, I'm, I'm up for this. And that started a relationship where every year I would come back and learn a bit more about mentoring and then a bit about coaching and then eventually started saying to him, oh, you're, you know, you're doing this activity. Um, have you thought about writing a resource sheet to go with it to give people to take home? And I've just learned, you know, I've got an idea for a game. Would you mind if I do a a 10-minute energizer at the beginning? And eventually he kind of coached me and trained me up to to train others. And I was doing that alongside learning to be a teacher as well. So the two fit really nicely. So, So that's really been integral to my path. But another interaction that always sticks in my mind with with Krish is that when I was about 19, my my mum and dad were going through quite a lot of difficult arguments and Krish had got a background in psychotherapy and I said said to Krish, would you mind teaching me some family therapy so that I can help my family out because they can't afford to go and see a professional. If if I'm Mm -hmm. on top of it, it will be cost effective. And what I really presented with that question, I think a lot of people would would put a boundary in and say, you know, it's not really your job to do that. You you know, it's a lot of a burden for somebody of your age to deal with. Let me recommend a service or something like that. But Mm. what what Chris said is, you know, yep, I've got a book in mind. We'll meet once a week. We'll go through the chapters together. We'll look at the exercises, talk about it. And I can't remember how long this this lasted for, whether it was six or eight weeks. But by the end of that series, I realized myself that it wasn't my burden. So it and that that taught me a lesson about the power of coaching and giving people space and walking alongside people as they learn things at a pace that's ready for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of him sort of just telling me, this is what you need to know. He let me feel my way into that. And so I like to think that I'm using that approach when I work with others that sometimes I don't give the answer. I give people the circumstances that let them discover the answer and I ask the right questions and and I hold space for people. And I think that really sticks with people compared to just being, uh, you know, told what the end result should be when you fast forward people to that conclusion if they're not ready for it they resist or it creates dissonance actually if you work alongside people it really it really supports their growth absolutely wow yes that is, that is a fantastic that's a fantastic answer <laughs> shout out to krish if you're watching this uh you know we're, we're sending our best to you and thank you for inspiring and lighting the fire inside uh, Gemma, uh who's making positive inroads on 
on her end today. So we'd like to thank you again, Christian. We hope you're well and 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 you know you, you you're making a positive difference. If he's still working there, I hope I hope I hope if if he is, you know, continue to do keep on the keep up the good work and you know uh you know we wish you the best in that. So I get the pleasure of still working with Chris to this day, even ah, though yes. I run my own business, we we very frequently collaborate. So as well as being the start of my journey, the inspiration, it's a great privilege to call him a friend and practically a family member at this stage. And, and yeah. we've seen each other grow over the years as well, which is really lovely. Exactly. And I, I think before I forget, like before I move on to the next question, but like when you mentioned that, uh, in terms of the coaching aspect, walking alongside the people you're coaching and or mentoring and helping them uh, discover the answers because in, in, in you, you're helping them build their problem solving skills like mm. you, like you, your, 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 your scenarios and your games and all the simulations you, you, you engage in, you're, you're getting people to think you have you're putting them in positions to think because in 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 many ways i i don't know whether it, this 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 uh connotation helps but it's like if you think of being thrown into the deep end of the pool not not knowing how to swim you're gonna learn how to swim because <laughs> you want to survive <laughs> and you don't want to drown so but in in, in your ways it's not in, in no way is anyone drowning or anything like that but mm. they get in the, in that position where now they have to use their they have to think they have to work with others they have to assess themselves they have to assess how the room and everyone else is feeling and and get and get everyone like engaged and you know start that whole essence of you know not bossing people around but you want to understand who you're working with even if you're the superior you understand who you're working with how can you motivate them to get to that next level how can they motivate you to get to that next level that kind of a thing so it's 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 a reciprocal thing so mm. that's that's how I've, I've i've kind of digested and and taken all of that in and i think like if 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 there are any books you can, I think we'll probably I'll probably ask you this uh, towards the end of the podcast. But I think I would be fascinated for you to share uh, any books um, with with the listeners as well and everyone who's watching this as well. But you know, we'll, we'll move on to the next question. And I think I feel I feel like the, the 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 answer you gave in the previous one kind of covers it. But like, is there any like experience you've gone through that has shown you that positivity still exists in the world and in people? There are oh, so many examples of, of positivity. I think it's just about being open to it and knowing where to look and recognising that if you're in a situation that's negative, toxic, it's okay for you to put a boundary in and go elsewhere. Um, mm -hmm. I have had the, the great pleasure of attending so many kind of conferences and networking events and projects where people are really active and doing exciting things. So through my connection to Krish, I got involved in a, a network called the School for Changemakers, which is all mm -hmm. about young people interested in social change and action. And actually, that's the start of me learning to be more of a global citizen and diverse. Up until going to School for Changemakers, I ate a very bland meat and two veg diet and you wouldn't catch me <laughs> cooking Caribbean food or even eating a curry. So, um, but through that network, I've, I've met 
people who've become long-term friends from all different faith backgrounds, different careers, different you know socioeconomic backgrounds who are all really interested in making their corner of the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And and collaborating together on that, so that's always been a great source of positivity. Um, and then, sort of from there, been involved in um, children's rights conferences. So a few years ago, there was a conference called "Children as Actors for Transforming Society," and then another side project from that called "Act Together," which is about intergenerational working. And again, it's just beautiful to to be able to run workshops or be in a room where you've got a, a six year old and a sixty year old talking about how do we how do we address domestic abuse in in different countries? And the six year old has got valid ideas about you know their their language and expression around abuse is obviously needs to be age appropriate. But they know yeah, enough of, yeah, yeah. and they've got ideas. And if you step back and you, if you teach adults to really listen and use that, it's so exciting. And so there's all these moments of positivity. And then again, working with, uh, I do a lot of work at the moment with refugees who are settled. So they, they've been in, in a, uh, I guess, a, a new host country for a number of years and are now thinking, how do I use my experience to do some good in the world? And they just have the most fantastic ideas because, unfortunately, they have had to be resilient because of the circumstances they've gone through. Mm-hmm. But that has given them a certain fire in their belly that when they're ready to give back, when they've got capacity to because their life is settled, Mm-hmm. They they really understand some of the the challenges the world faces, and instead of being negative and and you know being a victim, even though they are a victim, even though it wasn't their fault, they they're standing up and saying, "I'm going to make a difference here. I'm going to address this need in the community. This is how I'm going to do it. I want to collaborate." And and again, there are so many examples of people doing wonderful things that aren't amplified. Um, you know, the news is always the doom and gloom stuff. Don't believe that. Get yourself a different news channel. Listen to the podcasts of the good stories because there is so much wonderful stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And, and 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 it does make a difference when 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 you when you kind of change the atmosphere a little bit. How 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 you how you view the world. How you. Um, how you how you interact with people and all that. Um, I remember there was a video that my my mom shared with me recently. Um, it was from an interview. I forgot who who was being interviewed, but he the it was, I think it was in the nineteen sixties or nineteen seventies. And uh, the guy who was getting interviewed, he kept he he asked the press. He said, "I have a question for all of you. All of you are here to manifest and produce negative news. Why mm. are you never?" reporting news that's actually making a difference in the world that's at adding value that's giving people empowerment giving people hope because uh, that's what people need obviously to 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 power through of to get through their challenges also make it make like make a difference like not play the victim look at their situation want to address the situation and make sure that what they've gone through they don't want the next person to go through what they've gone through that kind of situation like why aren't they promoting that and i think the in the video the the media the the, the press uh, i don't know what they're called journalists are they called journalists yeah. or reporters 
they were just stunned into silence and they 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 stood there and they were like wow how is this guy asking us these questions they say they're reporting the news but like <laughs> the news that they're reporting you know it should offer some sort of hope and some sort of like give people uh, that that feeling that things are progressing in some way people are like stepping up people are doing this not like you said not doom and gloom like um mm. I think how and 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 I know how like in the last 2 years like how we've been impacted by the the pandemic and how it's it's impacted the way people think people the way they act the the way they view things what they see on TV uh, I think a lot of people I've spoken to have said that they don't watch TV anymore because or they turn on and see depressing. something naked yeah exactly so <laughs> i encourage everyone listening of and watching you know uh engage yourselves uh, you know watch watch and listen to positive podcasts i'm pretty sure you know a couple uh there's um jay shetty's podcast there's lewis mm. house there's sadguru um there's there's so many people that are making a difference um or who are trying to be the light in 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 a world of darkness so it 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 does make a difference like and i think what you said that when because i think when i was in the northeast um my um enterprise uh, they're called launchpad at my university at teesside um they work with um refugee groups who want to start their own businesses uh mm. so they've worked with a number of people who've come in and shared their stories like how they've come from one guy came from Syria the other guy came from Bangladesh they talked about their whole process of going from being a refugee or an asylum seeker to being an entrepreneur and how they wanted to get you know get started like making a difference making an impact and they were told no you have to, like you have to you have to stay after you have to wait a little longer and all that but you know people are ready and fired up to get you know started and make a difference and they're being asked to wait but the that those stories when when and and actually got to meet um some of these guys uh who one guy he's got his own bakery in um Darlington which is i think west is it west yeah west of 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 middlesbrough if if you've ever been up to those parts of the country um and then the other guy he's based in newcastle he works for a company in newcastle so they were just talking about how they overcame you know that all of those challenges you know mentally psychologically mm. physically uh dealing with the processes and things that they had to go through but they stayed resilient they made they they, they stayed patient and at the end of it you know they were standing tall and proud like look at me i i overcame all of this so it it really yeah. really made a massive difference so thank you for also bringing that up because it it sent me back to <laughs> it sent me back to that moment uh where <laughs> where 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 i went where i actually experienced that as well so thank you for sharing that welcome and i think that just emphasizes how how much these stories stick with us when you hear a real person's story of transformation or mm-hmm. resilience or success it it really motivates you to think about what you know not in a competitive way but what can i do if they can do that what does that mean for me and how do i how do i make the most of the time and and the aspirations and the skills that i've got absolutely like uh 
I think it's, it's that's made me think of like I think like you said like it's not envy or jealousy or anything it's kind of like motivation like if this person is can go through this and overcome it then so can I um mm. I don't I don't know if you're a sports fan but the story of Tom Brady Tom Brady the probably the most successful uh quarterback in NFL history um he was drafted in the 6th round he was picked after 198 people like he thought he was oh. going to go he's he's going to get picked a lot earlier but he was picked he was the 199th pick he was always the person that they weren't fully invested in at the time but he worked hard he proved it and he's got the he's got the resume that speaks for it, for himself so you know that that's also i mm. i have like the documentary of his entire story of his entire draft story so I listen to that often and I'm like if if he's gone through all of this and come out and made himself such a a, a a huge personality who's making a positive change then I can also work in my in my own at my own pace in, in my own lane to make a positive impact to be somebody who can be of influence as well in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you know we'll move on to the next question. I think this one will also test the problem solving skills you have and um the ones you've uh, you know you've you've shared with with with, with your students and and trainees and all that but can you tell the listeners like how you've overcome um periods or moments of uh, you know how you've overcome challenges and like how you've um managed stress during those periods as well so my students will will tell you that my my favorite answer to every question is it depends uh because <laughs> that's a hypothetical you know sometimes a hypothetical example can't give a real answer so yeah. one one layer to how i deal with challenge is that i'm very proactive about self care so that hopefully there isn't stress and challenge in the first place mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is i use lots of time management tools to make sure that I'm prioritizing what I'm doing in my week so I don't get overwhelmed. I Mm -hmm. try to go out for a walk three times a week so I'm getting fresh air. I am mindful of my diet. I have a gratitude journal. So lots of the practices that are recommended by positive psychology for for looking after your well-being, I -hmm. do them anyway on a regular basis so that that increases my capacity for stress. That's not the reason I do it, but because I'm looking after myself and topping up my energy, because I'm, um, you know, I guess investing in my well-being, it means I can mm. probably cope with a lot more than I could do if I wasn't doing those things. So that, yeah. So that's one element, and I think something that we're – we, we're not taught enough about lots of people will go, okay, now I'm in a crisis, how do I fix it? Rather than having the, the conversation, how do I just make sure that, that my lifestyle is, is really balanced so that I can cope with what the world throws at me? Mm-hmm. Having said that, obviously challenges do come up and it, and it depends what the kind of challenge is. I think when they've been very emotional challenges such as um the unexpected death of a family member or as i said conflict with my mum and dad um big things like 
Well, I suppose they're they're the more or a breakup. They're the emotional ones. I think what one of the things that really helps me is social support. So I've got a fantastic network of of friends. Um, and I, I, not everybody would use the word network. The reason I say that is through all these conferences and trainings, I have friends all over the country of different backgrounds. And so compared to most people who would make friends in a workplace or based on their geographical location, like who you went to school with, what mm-hmm. connects us is this shared sense of um an interest in activism or learning about our inner self and identity. We have those deep philosophical conversations. And so that mm-hmm. means when I am going through a period of challenge, if I speak to to those friends about it, they they have a they can go beyond the traditional approach. So for a lot of people, if your friend comes to you with a problem, you either kind of they're there, it will be okay, polite reassurance, but that's not helpful. Or you kind of say, oh, don't worry, it's not so bad, you play it down, or you give them advice. They're kind of the main defaults, and and they're nice, they're what we're supposed to do, but they don't help that much. Whereas the types of friends I've got, will they're really good at active listening. So they fully help me to, to talk through the problem so that I can just... Not vent, because vents vent sounds negative, but, you know, I can fully express and get it off my chest. And then they're good at asking those kinds of questions of, so what are you thinking of doing about it? They're not telling me what to do. They're just helping me work through a process. And I think not everybody has access to that skill set, but if you have friends who are excellent listeners and who can help you to, to work through something – it makes a real difference at times when I don't have, if, if I'm not ready to go to those people or I, it doesn't feel appropriate, I use journaling to kind of go through the same thing where I'll, I'll write down, oh my goodness, this is the problem. This is why it's upsetting me. And then I'll start thinking, well, why is that? What does that say about my identity? What is it about mm-hmm. this that's triggering or problematic for me and how might I overcome it what are my options which one do I think and I kind of coach myself through the process and if if something takes a long time to deal with I keep I reread the journal I think right what have I already tried what have I already thought about what what haven't I so I take quite a logical approach to to trying to address those challenges um which again is not a skill set that a lot of people would have access to. Me, me kind of explaining that here on the podcast, hopefully some listeners will, will think, oh, I'll, you know, okay, I'll have a go at that. But other people might not know where to start because it's it's an unusual approach. It's not something that we get to practice very often. So um, really, really recommend working with a coach or doing some journaling is a good starting point for for going through a challenge or an issue all right wow that's 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 very very <laughs> in-depth like that's that and that's a thorough breakdown guys so you know it, it it gives it gives you it gives us all like a sense of looking at the like you said like at the challenge from a holistic point of view i think like you said being having that social support um you know 
like I said, I'm also trying to avoid using the word network there. <laughs> but like yeah, having having friends who are very good with active listening skills, like and then like you said, it it kind of encompasses what you're already um, like teaching. Like you, people are listening and they they they're letting you express yourself, and then they they're asking you uh, questions that are getting you to think and come up with solutions in your head and what you think is the best way to approach or or take on or tackle a challenge and it it helps you because at the the end of it when you when 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 the solution pops into your head like a light bulb coming on turning on you 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 can feel proud that you face this challenge and through that guidance or even if it's self-guidance like you listen to yourself you you journal you you take you take notes and you, you read through and you you really reflect on what's happened when you come up with the solution to overcome that or mediate that challenge, then you can really have a, a sense of pride that you know you manage to dig yourself out of out of out of out of a hole. I'd say I'll say it like because it it you know you you you've equipped yourself with the skills and you know it's it's something like what you said that people can take on like as they're listening to this podcast or watching it uh, that they can apply to themselves and. I wouldn't say go and apply it on the biggest challenge in your life, like straight away. Like you have to. No. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, when you have when to I do, more. when I do things like a, a conflict resolution, you know, springs to mind, and I'll say mm-hmm. to people in the session, right, we're going to pick a real conflict in your life that that's happened, and we're going to analyze it, but on a scale of naught to ten, where naught you know, it wasn't a problem at all, it was fine, and 10, it's the most traumatic thing you've ever been through, we're only mm. going to pick something from naught to four. Because if if you're trying to learn a skill such as how to process a challenge, problem solve, and you go for the biggest thing you can think of, chances are you'll be emotionally overwhelmed and you won't have the bandwidth to do the skill practice. So it's always better to to learn skills with the safety net that you've got a you know a smaller package a smaller item to deal with because then you're able to be more thoughtful and reflective you're able to you've got more energy to spend on the process whereas when mm-hmm. something is really tough it it demands all of your energy and it can be even harder to be objective or remember the theories and the models or whatever it is you're trying to implement and that's why it's really good to practice these things before challenges occur so again, I've done so much work already on conflict resolution, nonviolent communication, setting boundaries, time management, so that when these challenges came along, oh, I'll just use that tool that I already know about. Whereas people who don't know about something, if you're already in a mess and then you've got to go and learn something and come back to your challenge, it's a lot harder. So acting in a proactive, preventative way is always a fantastic solution but people may not be motivated to learn something until they realize they need it and and that's another challenge there yeah 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 that's that's absolutely true you know prevention is better than cure and tackling the biggest challenge in 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 your life would lead obviously to mental burnout uh so you have to build up those um build up those skills and those tools that you need to face them because i think even in, in 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 positions of that, if you're overwhelmed and stuff like, you tend to forget. So it's something that you need to, um, 
what's the word? You have to embed it in, and integrate mm. it into the way you think, you act, so that it kind of it comes naturally. So that you yeah. know you're not you're not in panic. You're you're ready. Like okay, I already, I'm I'm already thinking of ways of how I can approach this and how I can deal with it. So that's very really 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 important. So the next question, and I'm 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 interested. I'm also intrigued myself to get your take on this. But what do you think is the most valuable thing about failure? I would be tempted to reword the question on on the basis <laughs> that. So, so failure has this connotation of, you know, nothing's worked at all. And it's very yeah. black and white, pass, fail, when quite yeah. often there's a shade in between. And so, again, from a teaching background, if you fail an exam, it's a complete write-off and you have to resit it. But there are very yeah. few situations in life where you can say that totally didn't work. It might be that this bit worked, but this bit needs improvement. So so I try and avoid the word failure, but I, yeah. I understand the essence of the question that when things don't go as we wanted or when we don't achieve the goal fully, that there's definitely an opportunity there to learn all sorts of things. It's, um, I guess this ties into some of the stuff around growth mindset really. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lovely principle in neuro-linguistic programming that says fail failure is feedback. Mm -hmm. Every time something doesn't go to plan, and even when things do go to plan, there's, there's so much opportunity to say what went well, why did it go well, um, you know, what approach did I decide to take, how did I communicate, what was the plan, what resources did I use, what could I have done differently, what might I change next time? And so a lot of what, what I do with people in terms of the activities I run is I I set them up to fail or have a challenge and then and then say, okay, you had this challenge. It didn't go as smoothly as you would have liked, but what went well? Tell me about the things that you did that were positive to handle that and, and celebrate those strengths. And also, what, what's the next step in your learning? What one thing might you work on differently next time so that it's not going to be perfect next time either, but it'll be mm -hmm. a little bit better than the time before? And so I quite like this idea of you know failing upwards, that you, you might never get it 100% right, but each time you, you fail or each time you, you face that challenge, you cope with it a little bit better. So I think... If you have a growth mindset that every interaction, every situation is, is an opportunity to learn, it's not about just performing well and ticking the box, it's about evolving and developing, then mistakes, challenges are a real opportunity. And if you can be comfortable with them and willing to be vulnerable and say, I'll have a go even if it's not going to go well, because at least I'll learn that will set you miles apart from the people who are too scared to try or the people who, who don't want that feedback. Absolutely. And some motivation right there from Gemma, guys. You know, you got to put yourself in that space. Uh, what well, You have to gradually get yourself to that um, to that space. You can't just jump no, nose dive straight in and, um, and, 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 and go about like, you know, looking at those things, but I I really like how you 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 approach that question because 
in in many ways, like you said, it, failure tends to have a negative connotation, and people tend to forget um, the positive or you know the, the 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 hard work they've put in to get to that point, even if it didn't end the way they wanted to. They you know mm. we we have a tendency to forget that all of the good things you did to get yourself to that point. You could have been in a competition, registered everything correctly, gotten through every single stage, and then. And passed, and then at at the final stage, you, you didn't you didn't you know you didn't win the gold medal or something like that. It's, but you've managed to get yourself into the competition. You've done it correctly, yeah. and you've gone through every single stage, and you've done well. And you know, you, because you lost, you lost at the very end. You kind of like you're forgetting that. Hey, you, yeah. you you you're forgetting what you've built up to that point. So, like you said. Um, having it, it's a growth mindset that you know the more failures you go through the more um the more adaptive adaptive you become the more open-minded you become the more um appreciative and grateful you are and you're like okay i now have another opportunity to to overcome something or to beat something that's you know pulled me back or something like that and you you know you get you get fired up um or i, I and for me personally I, I can get fired up and say you know this is a challenge it's time to it's time to put on the get yourself out of the the this 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 mess hat and you know really work hard and 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 come up with a sustainable uh solution that can help or that can be passed down to the next person who may you know who may go through that and in many essence the whole essence of the podcast this podcast existing is you've got people like yourself coming on sharing their story sharing their background sharing how they approach certain challenges um you know giving people the insight to say okay you know there is a generic way of doing things and then there's um like you said a positive psychologist way of approaching this situations and obviously like when when you're approaching something if you're positive and if you're optimistic about it there's a higher chance of you overcoming it than if you're pedantic is it is, it, is that the mm. word pedantic or pessimistic and, and pessimistic yeah 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 so it, there's a higher chance of, of of success with the with the uplifting mindset than with the mm. down 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 pushing mindset as well so that that's a very very um fantastic answer so in in, in that i've in just that, thought of something else i'd like to add as well is that where you said sure. about passing it on yeah that there's there's a definite spirit that the more we learn as, as a society, as as a world, we've got so much knowledge to pass on. That's quite exciting. You know, we don't have to discover electricity every generation because we just tell the next generation, hey, we've yeah, got this thing, it. it's great. But there are some times when it is valuable not to tell people all the answers and to let them have those moments of failure. So, you know, a, a, a silly example is a child on the climbing frame there are some parents who will be, you know, oh, you need to hold on tight, don't fall, don't do this, don't do that. And they're so worried about the the failure or the mistake of the injury that they can really cushion. When actually, after two or three falls, that child is going to learn, oh, when I fall, it hurts. I want to hold on tighter. I want to, you know, assess my grip. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's it, it's a playful example, but there are times when it's useful to educate people and stop them making the same mistakes we've made. But there are other times when it's good to let people 
make their own mistakes and have that bit of failure because then that moment is real for them and they get to have the learning themselves. And it can be difficult to judge that balance of, of when to when to give people their own space and just be near them, walk alongside them, and when mm-hmm. to kind of protect and prevent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's a very fascinating point, actually. I think in, in many ways, I, th- I don't think like, that that, exa- that example is really good because with when you're working with um when you've got you know little children who are playing on a jungle gym or something like that i think you know they have to learn for themselves and us as individuals identify i think from from that i think the, the the only the only challenge we'll have is identifying the moments where we where we guide people and then the moments where we let them spread their wings and let them fly and let them figure fig, you know figure it out for themselves or learn that actually mm. i don't i shouldn't do things this way i should do things a different way so that that, that that's a very that's you know it, it's been it's been it's been it's been an open it's, it's a mind-opening experience today so <laughs> it, it gets it, it's getting me thinking as well so thank you for for, for your answers so you know oh, the next most welcome the, <laughs> the next question right i think as well it, it kind of gives you a sense of obviously looking forward but what would you say excites you about uh the future going forward i think i think people are getting more ready to do things differently mm. I, I don't know how long it will take but where we've had the pandemic and working from home that's change people's attitude to what's possible in the world of work and where parents have had to homeschool and seen what their kids have been learning and gone, oh, this isn't necessarily all useful stuff. There are some conversations about what would be useful instead. Mm. And there's so many wonderful stories of, you know, entrepreneurs, inventors, refugees, all sorts of people doing things that are exciting. And there's, there's a wall of media noise, you know, trying to just focus on the bad stuff. But I think what's interesting is that pockets are bubbling up. And I think that if enough people are interested, we could see a real shift to different ways of designing society, of mm-hmm. you know changing our priorities. There are some countries globally that have talked about moving away from GDP, uh, you know, national produce as the outcome of a country and are talking instead about happiness and well-being which would be a wonderful shift there are some Mm -hmm. discussions about universal basic income and you know if we've got automation and robots and we don't need to do the menial jobs what there are the doom and gloom people who say we'll all be unemployed how terrible but then there are other people who say well actually if you had free time on your hands what would you do with it? And there are so many people mm. who would create or would spend time with family or would educate. And we're not quite there yet, but I I'm, I feel like that conversation is, is slowly being had more often. And I'm hopeful yeah. that in my generation, maybe, you know, maybe in my lifetime, things will be a bit more open-minded in that sense and hopefully I, I want to be part of that conversation and help people to have it and facilitate you know people what a lot of what I do is is more about saying well what's your goal what are you passionate about and let me help you to develop skills on the way so I really like yeah. that I'm I'm part 
of other people's stories and they go off and do the project or that you know or they go and reach their goals and I've just helped to fit some of the pieces together for them so that really yeah. excites me about the future seeing what the people I've already worked with are going to do and thinking about who else might come through the door and, and what things they might be involved with exactly and I, I think I would add on to that like with with what you said about um identifying um or quantifying what 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 is deemed something that people need to learn obviously to help themselves uh i'm pretty sure you've seen uh all over like in blogs or websites or youtube videos people have made the argument that in schools um children should learn about finances uh decision making um you know potentially getting into business understanding mm. that aspect how to become creative with themselves because a lot of children um not only the UK but I think globally have got a lot of brilliant ideas in their heads that are sitting there um like like spiraling like in in circles mm. but they don't have the um the 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 the, the, the atmosphere or the, the 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 support um um honestly say the support circle I'll, I'll say circle yeah. like where they can you know get their idea to you know manifest their idea get uh, assistance or guidance on the idea get them you know get them in a position where they're getting asked the questions and they develop their idea even more and more and more instead of being told what to do help them help them get their own answers in you know develop something that they will grow to like and you know expand and then share with the next person or whoever so those kind of things and you know in, in many ways like oh yeah you're going to say something we yeah and that, that there's two sides to that problem um yeah so children are naturally so creative i remember when i was doing my teacher training one of the one of the lecturers told us about a study where they presented children with a matchbox and said what is it and they also did it with teenagers and adults so they did a different age groups and adults just went as a matchbox so yeah, yeah but what else could it be and they were like oh well I suppose I could put pins in it or and they thought of a few things children said you know it, it's a bed for a fairy person or if I stack three matchboxes together I've made a set of drawers or I could draw a picture on the inside and pop it up and there'll be a cartoon or maybe I, maybe it could be a home for a spider so in terms of natural creativity we are so much more creative when we're younger I think the 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 key in what you said there is it's the atmosphere they've already got yeah. it but we're kind of squashing it out of them so how do you help children to uh, and young people to elevate the voice they already have and have the confidence to stick with it but mm -hmm. at the same time how do you educate adults to not squash that creativity and to not be afraid of handing over power and saying give them space and just see what they do you're you're not the instructor at times you're the safety net let them play around and see and i think that that requires a very different mindset in education to what we have now and some individual teachers are excellent at doing this but the overall culture of education isn't quite ready for that but i'd yeah. like to think it will move that way and if you look at um the nordic countries they're they're a bit more into that leadership um 
an independence and saying to, to young people, well, what is it you'd like to learn and what's your project idea? And they do things a lot more cross-curricular. They have more scope to do what you're describing in terms of, you know, mm. really setting up enterprises instead of just the token, okay, we're going to have enterprise week. You're going to have a stall for parents <laughs> at the end of the week. And we've secretly decided what it is you're going to do, but we're going to let you think it's your idea. Now let's move away from that and actually let them run with it themselves absolutely and 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 i hope i hope you know that that comes to fruition you know sooner uh rather than later and you know a lot more people obviously create that space for young people and i think uh, not only young people but i think in adults as well i think we can Mm. create that space for ourselves it's uh, overcoming that mental hurdle or, or breaking through that mental block or that limiting factor that's holding us back from being our expressive, you know, being fully expressive and being creative and all that. So I'm hoping, um, you know, through this podcast, other podcasts that kind of enlighten people that they can find the empowerment to say, actually, I want to, I've always tried, I've always wanted to get into maybe gardening or being a, uh, is it a florist or or being, or being a, or being anything like they, you know, people should Mm. feel empowered to, to be creative, do whatever they want um, and not feel that sort of sense of guilt saying, oh, I'm doing something different from the norm um, and I don't want to bring attention to myself, that kind of thing. But the thing is you're doing it because you like it and you want to do it. So that should be more than enough to want to do it. But, you know, that's that's, that's an ongoing thing. So, you know, we'll we'll move Um, on to the next question. Yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. <laughs> and it, it just reminds me, whether or not you you enjoy his comedy, Jimmy Carr said something really lovely in an interview um, mm-hmm. where he was he was saying about lean into the strengths you have and the things you love because, you know, nobody needs if, – if you if you get a C at physics, there's no point studying and studying and studying to get a B because we don't need a load of amateur physicists. If you're already good at English – do more of that and be excellent at it. So if your passion mm. is for floristry, sport, and you sink loads of your time into doing that really well, that, you know, if everybody is an expert in the thing they're passionate about, how much power, creativity, potential innovation will we have in the world compared to just me- making everybody tick off maths, English, science, language, art, you know, there'll be some things that we should be able to say, it's okay to drop that to make space for the thing that does put a fire in your belly. Because Mm -hmm. if you've got that fire, you're going to take it so much further than the people who aren't interested in it. But again, our education system is designed to help us, you know, have a broad experience, but, you know, be average at everything. Mm -hmm. But we can't all Mm -hmm. be average at everything. That's not how averages work. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly wow <laughs> never thought of that so <laughs> okay oh wow yeah i never thought of that like, i think i that that's definitely that's gonna that's gonna stick in my head now but <laughs> you know as 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 we move on in 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 the podcast and i've, I've been having a good time Jim. i don't know about you but <laughs> yeah, excellent questions um, 
Um, so the, the next question I think obviously it's it, it's one of those that kind of helps um everyone understand like how you tick and and what you've seen helps increase and ma- like increase your productivity um or your focus. But what would you say like helps you uh stay focused and productive when when you're in that when you're in that mode to get things done? Hmm. Um, there's a there's a couple of things I can talk about here. Um, so the first thing, let me just grab. Uh, so this is my vision board. All right. And I, um, I've, if people are interested, I've got a blog about vision boarding and how you might start your own. But every, every year I, I do myself a vision board, and this is a visual representation of some of the goals that I have, the kind of lifestyle I want to lead, my passions, the mm. people I care about. and. What I find really um, motivating and focusing about that is that, as you saw, I just grabbed it. It's right next to my desk where I'm working all day. So I start Mm -hmm. the day by kind of looking at that, and that reminds me why I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. So even if I'm doing the things that I don't like so much about my business, such as you know managing the social media or writing a difficult email – that vision board is why I'm doing it because I'm wanting to strive for these things and this task helps me get there. But mm-hmm. it also mm-hmm. means that I have a clear picture of where I'm going. So when when opportunities come along, I can ask myself, okay, is this a distraction and something that I need to put to one side or actually does this help me manifest something that's in line with my vision? Is it in line with my values? So at the big yeah. picture level, I think it's really good for people to take some self-reflective time to work out what matters to you, what are you aiming for? Um, on a more practical day-to-day level, I really recommend time management tools. So um, there's something called the Sometimes it's called the Eisenhower box or Stephen Covey talked about it as um, he said the importance urgency matrix where when you've got all your tasks for the week, sort them out into which ones are important, um, you know, to your important, they're going to help you reach your goals, get your vision board done and which Mm -hmm. ones are urgent and, and there might be a mixture. So some things will be important and urgent, the things with a deadline, some things are important, but they're never urgent. And the challenge there is that if it's important but not urgent, we might never get round to it. So, you know, earlier yourself, you talked about learning a language. There's no deadline for you to do that. And if you're not managing your time well, you'll never get round to it. And then you'll beat Mm -hmm. yourself up later or feel unfulfilled that you never did that thing that's important to you. So having a constant reminder of what's important can motivate you to say, right, let's, let's tick off tasks early before they get urgent. So I've always got time for those important things. Yeah. And then another another thing in terms of staying focused, staying motivated is I'm very mindful of language. So if we, if you read some of the stuff in neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, that's about how the language we use impacts our behavior, our mindset. And if you take a task such as writing an email to a client, If you say, I need to, I must, I've got to, I have to, I should, all of those words give you a sense of heaviness, urgency, pressure, and they kind of imply, I need to, because if I don't, something bad will happen. You know, I'll I'll lose out on that work or I'll 
break trust with the relationship or they'll think I'm unreliable. And because mm-hmm. you're kind of sitting, those language choices can can give you those heavy feelings, which are then demotivating. And because I know that, I make a conscious effort to avoid those words and say, right, you know, let's scrap them. I, I'd like to, I'd love to, I, I, I want to for some tasks, you know, maybe there are tasks on the list that I don't actually want to do them, but I'm going to, I can, I will. And all of those mm-hmm. words, I'd love to, I'm going to, I can say, so because if I do, I'm going to have this opportunity or I'm going to build trust in that relationship and it's going to be good for business. And and you're focusing on the positive outcome. And because of that, it gives you a little uplift. So in terms of staying motivated, focused, managing time, I really recommend that people pay attention to the language that they use. Because if you can start by noticing what effect words have on you, you can kind of hack that. If saying I need to gives you a kick up the bum and gets you started, then say I need to. But if you find that it makes you feel rubbish because you're thinking about the bad stuff, swap it out for something that works. So, you know, I will do this. I'm going to do this because this is the good outcome. And then I relate that back to the vision board. And there's so many cool tools like this that you can use on a regular basis. But Mm -hmm. if you don't know, you don't know, and you don't have them at your disposal. So I'm hoping that, that listeners, that gives you a couple of options to play around with. Absolutely. And wow, yes, that that, that is very, very true. Like, I think, like, I think before, like, in, in many ways, I've, you know, felt that you know the words we 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 say um, have an impact, but not to that level where they could have a psychological effect in the back of your head. Like you could say, "I need to do this," and immediately connected with something bad. Like, but whereas you said, if you flip it um, and you use, you change the wording, and you say, "I will do this because it will enable me to." Um, let's say connect with with my peers better, or I I will mm. I will go and do a, a a course in PE because I love working with 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 people and I love staying active, or you know things like that. Like we mm. we we have to give ourselves that reinforcement as like a justification as to why we're doing it because I think in many ways when we are doing things. I don't know. I think many of us have have felt like, okay, I'm doing something, and then you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if if and if you don't have the answer to that question, you know, you kind of you put yourself in in, in at a crossroads. Like, what, what what am I doing here? Like, am I am I wasting my time? Am I am I making the most of my time? And I think, like you said at the beginning, before you even get started in something. Once you know, and once obviously you've used that positive reinforcement wording, and you're doing things with a purpose, and you've given yourself a reason why you're doing it, you're working towards it, knowing that at the end this will be the outcome. So, yeah, and that's also very that's also very very important. And thank you for sharing that because I, I don't think <laughs> it's one of those like uh, I think a lot of the the, the a lot of the answers you've given today have been an eye opener for me now. So I I I really wonder like how they're going to be an eye opener for for other people. Like I, I think a lot of people probably you know be would would be you know 
their mind will open and and the, their perspective on certain things will actually change because you know you've come in and you've you've, you've shown us and you've obviously shown me you've shown everyone and everyone listening and whoever's watching and like different ways of approaching challenges and like how to view let's say doing things that are important to you um in in many ways also dealing with procrastination in a way because you when you when you when you when something's important but not urgent you can procrastinate it and delay it and you can push it down the line whereas if you create that importance, that urgency, that necessity for doing it, you are then elevating yourself to do it. And you're not doing it because, oh, I have to do it, but you're doing it because you want to do it. And, mm. you know, you have the energy behind it. But thank you for sharing that. And that's really, really in, enlightening. So <laughs> um, you're very welcome. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I've said you're welcome as well. <laughs> but, you know, I think moving on to the, the next question as well, I think this one will be, uh, an interesting one and I think you already do a lot of these things already but can you tell uh the listeners or what, what would you what what would you say right your strongest qualities are and what which qualities would you love to teach to somebody who's interested barring I've, I, I already know see you've given your background and what you're doing and I feel like this question you've kind of answered it but you know for for, for the audience sake like mm. what do you think um, I think creativity. Mm-hmm. It, so a lot of people would jump to making stuff, arts and crafts, but which mm-hmm. I do do in my spare time, but creativity in terms of problem solving. And one thing that I like to do is if, if I read a book of, about leadership, business or a model, the creative element comes to play because I'll then think, right, how can I turn this into a game? How can I... Mm-hmm make a learning opportunity how can I take this model which is brilliant but it's mm-hmm. it's written on a page and how can I make it active so that that's a, a really useful quality in my work and I think creativity feeds into innovation so you know it's really good to develop that in people organization for sure um, I am very processed in the way I think I think in tables and spreadsheets and like to get things in order which can help mm-hmm. with running a business, problem solving, project management, all that kind of thing. And um, communication is very broad. In particular, I think I'm very good at asking questions um, in the sense that I ask careful questions that allow people to reflect. So when when I'm teaching, and and this is I guess the thing that I most am interested in teaching other people, active listening mm-hmm. and asking good questions for kind of learning and development. And when I start yeah. teaching people about the basics of, of coaching and learning, I say, you know, if somebody's just completed a team activity and you want them to reflect, there's an art to asking a good question. Because if I, if I say to somebody, why did your team come last? oh, they suddenly feel attacked and they feel it's horrible. And I've asked a question that's, in theory, trying to encourage reflection, but I've put them on the defensive and I've ruined that whole opportunity. So there's an art to asking questions that allows people to safely explore their identity, their skills, their progress, and to be able to to pitch questions at the right level. So, you know, I I could ask you, where do you see yourself in 20 years time, which is a huge chunk question. And for some people that's overwhelming. Whereas I could also ask, well, 
what's your priority for tomorrow? And then there's every question in between in terms of size and scale. So I think understanding the value of good questions and being able to ask a question that that gets people thinking um, is a definite strength that is helpful in my work, for sure, in terms of learning. But it also helps me to be a good friend. What I was mm-hmm. saying earlier about when, you know, when I'm facing challenges, when my friends are facing challenges and we want to talk through it, to be able to say, you know, wow, how, how's that affecting you? And, and do you want advice or do you want me to listen? And would you like to talk through it? And, and what, what are you thinking in terms of an action plan? All those kinds of things that give people space to work through something are really, really valuable. Absolutely. And yes, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot like in, 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 there's a lot of things that can be overcome or resolved with, with, with creativity. Cause when you think outside the box, you think of solutions that have never been thought before. I, I think I'm like you, like, I think organization, you know, you've got a list of things you want to do. You've got it all in order the, the amount of time you want to dedicate to each things, what's the priority list and all that. And like one thing you've mentioned that you know creating that space for people to you know be heard help them uh or like put get them in a position where they're answering not necessarily answering their own questions but they're coming up with solutions that will help them because it's you're empowering them to come up with that um come up with those with those answers and those solutions and it's not like you're saying i want you to come up with the answer you're saying it in a way that's very like it's subtle yeah. it's it's indirect it's it's in, it's encouraging somebody to open up and, and 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 to and to express themselves and to and to be creative be problem solving minded and all of those things so you know those are three valuable um areas that are qualities that I probably want to, to, to take time and learn as well. Cause you know, at the end of the day, it's all about growth. It's about development and it's about, you know, how best can we all improve ourselves? Like is, 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 is today, um, well, I think like, you know, today, what today's what Tuesday, Wednesday, um, I think Tuesday. it's Tuesday. <laughs> like is, is, is the Tukura on Tuesday or the gem on Tuesday, the, the same one that, you know, gets to friday you know are you somebody who wants to be by friday you want to be you know you want to have gained a little bit of knowledge about something or you want to have learned how to say um i love sports in in a a, a different language that kind of a thing so you want to put yourself in a position where you're constantly in that mindset that okay i always want to improve and one victory is not the end. Like there's going to be another thing I want to work on, et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it, it, it kind of leans into the, the next question as well. But, you know, it, this is something obviously for you to, 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 to think about and what you, you want to look at going forward. But would you say um, there's a, a skill or something new you're looking to learn and add to your, add to, add to your skill set? or your ability like to improve yourself, improve the way you work and, and all those things? Yeah, so I guess just to reiterate what I said earlier with the, the kind mm. of the Jimmy Carr joke thing is that th- there's always the, the fine balance between we're not good at everything. And yeah. when it, are there skills that I don't have? Absolutely. But 
is it worth me spending the time getting average at that or do mm. I take something I'm already good at and develop it? So um, in, in my business, I, I'm not very strategy and marketing minded. I'm, I'm quite sort of, because I'm holistic and in the moment, I can do short-term organization very good at details. But mm. strategy is something that I don't like to think too long-term because I keep things fluid and see what opportunities come up. But I have recognized yeah. that that's a skill set worth developing because it will help. Um, and actually, is it next week or the week after I'm starting and hopefully eight to 12 months, depending on how long the assignments take, uh, a diploma mm -hmm. in transformational life coaching. Ooh. I've been coaching people informally for the last 10 years or so, but kind of thought, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified in this. And you don't know what you don't know. So if I do mm. a formal qualification, again, I'm hoping to take something I think I'm already good at, coaching, active listening, asking questions, but to really refine that. So I think they're, they're the two main areas that come to mind, something I'm not so good at, the stra strategy <laughs> and marketing, and, and let's just brush up so that it's not dire, and let's take something I'm really good at and lean into it even more so that I can you know, really feel like an expert in that area. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I wish you all the best in that. And, you know, it's it's one of those, I think, like you said, as you were working, you felt like, okay, I need me, I, I wouldn't lose anything adding onto my knowledge already and, and getting a formal qualification. So with that, so, you know, hopefully, you know, it, you start well and everything goes smoothly. And obviously I wish you all the best in that. And, you know, in, you. in closing, you're welcome. And in closing, what inspiring words would you like to leave with all of the people who've listened and watched your episode today i'm worried about borrowing somebody else's words but the, some <laughs> of the words that really help me are uh, mahatma gandhi you must be the change you wish to see in the world mm. and i think a part of the ethos of that is it, it ties into what I've been talking about, about self-awareness and reflection. And really, if you look inwards and you deal with your own identity, passions, goals, and you lead your best life, that creates such a positive ripple effect that it it inspires other people or it gives them permission to, to be vulnerable or to push themselves and try. And that really understanding what you care about, what you're passionate about and being authentically you will will have an effect in the community. You'll create a ripple that is is really exciting. And so take that time to work on the self and get that right because other people aren't going to do it for you. You have to really ring fence that time. Absolutely. And it, it, it ties in perfectly into um, the last word of your business, which is initiative. It's about us taking that first step and taking action. So, you know, on that note, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Before I forget, um, there is the, that question about book recommendations. If you have any book recommendations you'd like to leave with everyone who's oh. tuned in today. You know, go ahead and yeah, share. Yeah, there's a, there's a number of different books. Um, I I love Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. However, mm -hmm. I would recommend Sean Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teenagers 
because I think there's just something different about hearing it in a in a simpler context. Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck is, is wonderful. Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is, is very inspirational about kind of resilience and finding your calling in life. Um, there's just so many wonderful resources out there. If, if, if people have Netflix rather than wanting to read a book, Brené Brown has a special on The Call to Courage, which is all about vulnerability and taking the leap and seeing vulnerability as a, as a bit of a leadership power. So there's there's so many inspirational resources out there. Um, some of them are about teaching you skills and tools, and others are just about opening your mind to different ways of thinking, different different ways of showing up in life. And I think the more of those that we we expose ourselves to, the more you can then find out what what fits your lifestyle and your values. Absolutely, and thank you for sharing all of those book mentions. Like I think there, there's there's a number in there that can be really useful to people, especially if they want to keep things uh, simple and not get uh, overloaded with, with content or the context of how people explain, because obviously everyone explains differently. But thank you again for sharing that. And we've now reached the end of another fantastic episode here on the Potent Podcast. I'd like to thank my guest, Gemma, for featuring. Thank you again, Gemma. Thank you. You're welcome. So I, I, I guess as 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 a as an encore, I'd say if if you'd like to leave um, everyone where people can find the self um, the self leadership initiative, um, you know, social media pages, um, you know, website, and all of that as well. Yeah. So the website is the SLI dot co dot uk and if you go on there there's a couple of resources links to other podcasts blogs that that may capture things like how to write a vision board i'm on instagram as at self leadership one i have a youtube channel where there's a, a a few well-being videos a few useful tools for people there's a facebook page and a linkedin page again if you google the self-leadership initiative it'll, it'll all come up Awesome. And I will also include these links in the bio as well for anyone who's looking to get, get, you know, start take initiative and, and, and start absorbing and learning from Gemma's teaching. So, you know, with that note, we, I'd like to thank you all for listening and watching this podcast episode. Um, be sure to join me next time where, I, where I'm joined by another amazing guest and hear another amazing testimony here on the Potent Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, GeoSaven, uh, Ghana, and all the other media platforms where this podcast is available on. Thank you all for listening in. And I leave you with the music written by Justin Vinyls featuring Zeke and Clifford Ngosa called Dark Rooms. Thank you all. Till next time, be well and take care. Mind is twisted, I can't be Lost in the thought, but don't save me This uncertainty is what tames me I got a lot more problems that you ain't gonna hear from me Lose the pep talk, I've got shit taken from me I got a drink for the mild rise Got the blood for the more rise When I'm feeling myself, I don't see it When these demons call, they ain't kidding I wanna kill myself and I mean it 
This beat is life and I'm slipping Well let me get the grip then Try to feed them Find the answers in the Jesus peace Try to swim away from the deep end I'm still alive so I can't concede I can't stand these hoes No pros that they go wheelchair either I'm afraid that these women will be cutting shit deeper Shit is cold, no fever I've been broken all season I've been looking for a reason Every week in amnesia I know these people are my nemesis I woke up in a dream A life check was the medicine Musical fentanyl fed to me cause I was on the string I try to sing the chorus show the shit the brains And stop the thing belongs to the type of people who cling But to a feeling that prescribes anger drinking, thinking should I call you I could tell you about my weakness Cause you're the one I'm missing I'm faded Listen to his words and I'm painting These dark rooms can't save me Killing for you is overrated Lately, I've been thinking about the stars and what they can mean Is it a sign from above or an empty dream? But these thoughts all I have that can set me free from these walls that I've been trapped in Tried to drown in this pool of gin, that's when all the pain came rushing in It got stuck in my lungs and I couldn't breathe And your smile is the reason I couldn't sleep The girl that I thought I once loved The same girl that came from above Whose lips I thought was some kind of drug Turned out to be the forbidden fruit from Adam and Eve I don't know why I couldn't tell But I guess she had a few tricks up her sleeve Music by Justin Vinyls featuring Zeke and Clifford Ngosa.